Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Go ahead and get your Bibles open to the book of Romans. Romans chapter number eight. If you've been with us the last couple Sundays, it's no surprise that I'm asking you to turn to Romans chapter eight. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with verse 31, and I encourage you to keep Romans eight open because most of the scriptures I'll be sharing today are from Romans eight. Uh, this is a series of sermons that's based upon one of the most powerful uh, chapters in the entire Bible. Some say it is the most potent chapter in the Bible, and that is Romans chapter number eight. And I hope you've been reading it, reading it. And if you've not yet started reading it over and over, just do that so the word of God can get kind of like massaged into your heart. Now, we've already talked about uh, getting over what we call if-only regrets so that you can live a life of victory. And then last week, we talked about having what I call as-if faith, believing that God, what God says about you as if it were actually true, because it is true. But now we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 31, and today I'm talking about what-if dreams. So there's that word, if again, and it appears so often uh, throughout, throughout Romans chapter 8. In fact, in fact, I want to show you this main scripture here. Romans chapter 8, verse number 32, 31 says this. If, there's that word again, if God is for us, who is against us? In fact, I like that so much and it is so short that I think every one of us, you can memorize it, but I think we should all just kind of say it out loud. Let's just get it out. Let it come out of our mouths because we're professing, we're saying truth. And I I want us to do that together. Come on. Will you all say it with me? Come on, let's go. If God is for us, who is against us? Come on, say it again. If God is for us, who is against us? Now, hold your place there. I learned... Uh, I learned the scripture as a child, and it gave me courage in my young adult years. It helped me to deal with adversity as a pastor. It got me through challenges as a, as a husband and as a father. It gave me the ability to envision also amazing things that God had for me. In fact, it gave me the ability to envision what God had even for City Life Church back before any of you guys were here. It was this, if God is for me, who can be against me. See, this scripture has helped me personally just to to keep my feet planted on the ground and to stand strong and then to keep building what I call what if dreams, those dreams that God put into my heart. City Life Church, this is a what if dream. And God dropped this into my heart back in uh, 2011. And it was this, this whole vision for what this church would be, this dream uh, was, was something that was, I, I believe was planted in my heart by God. I got it confirmed by other spiritual leaders, confirmed by my family. And, uh, and, and that was like, kind of like the first element. And that, that's all, they're, they're kind of like two steps to these if-only dreams. One is, is, is the, the dream gets planted in your heart. And that's the easiest part. But then there's a the second part of creating these if-only dreams, and that's the physical manifestation of the dream. So for City Life Church, that meant flesh and blood. That meant people. Uh, we found ourselves here in this neighborhood, and, I, and all of a sudden I realized you can't go door to door and just find people and bring them to church. So, you, so it was, we've got...
and invite people to church. I would do it right and early. Some people thought I was crazy. Other people, most people, uh, most people were kind and respectful. And, and some of the people actually came. And then we started something. I got an idea. Well, let's start. Uh, this is a, is a business neighborhood. There's a lot of residential folks around here as well. But let's start something that we'll call it Marketplace Church. And we'll do it on Fridays at noon. So people can leave their offices at noon and come to a 40-minute service and go back to their offices. And they can have lunch. And we did that. Don you started coming. You walked over here from Burnett Plaza, two blocks away. You came down there off, off the 39th floor, and you take that elevator all the way down. You'd come over here and grab some food and sit down, and you started doing church, right? And then she decided, I think I'll start coming on Sunday. So, so you, were one of the, you were one of our very first that responded to that. But that's the physical manifestation of the what-if dream. It's where we come together in the heart of the city to worship and grow and fellowship and impact the culture of the city and make Jesus known. I, I eventually wrote this this dream out, this vision out, and it's posted in the, on a big banner in the foyer, and I encourage you to take some time to look at that. If you're a visitor or a guest or you're newly attending, uh, when you get that little gift bag, there is a little scroll in there that has it. It's called The Church of Dream. But, but you see, every what-if dream does have those two phases. Both of them are critical. Truth be told, most people quit after the first phase. And they don't, or maybe they don't fully fulfill the second phase. And I'm going to do everything I can to light a fire on you to go through that second phase. You see, everything that exists, let's just take a step back and let's look at it just in the practical realm. Everything that exists around us was once an idea in the heart or the mind of a person before it ever became a physical reality. There's this electrochemical signal that fires across the synapses deep inside your cerebral cortex. That's where it all happens. And that's that first element. That's that first phase of this what-if dream. And we tend to get lots of those in our lives. See, God ideas and God dreams get dropped into your heart and into your mind, and and then you have to take steps forward to bring them into reality. That's where the huge faith kicks in. That's the second phase. So some, like around here, some of the what-if dreams start with blueprints, and then they eventually become steel and brick and mortar that, that we see from all the structures, beautiful structures that we see around here in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, other what-if dreams start with maybe a keyboard or a camera or a chef's kitchen or maybe an invention or a business plan. But all dreams, if they're going to be completed, require the two phases. So the title of my message today is What If? What If? Again, again getting through this first stage of the what-if dream is the easy part. But there will always, and I want to say there will always be obstacles in the way when you start to move into that second phase. And one of the obstacles that I really want to talk about today is the obstacle of pain. And I want to build your faith today to push past the pain and to take action on that second phase of that what-if dream. Um, You see, I, I believe this, and the scripture points this out as well. You have an amazing future ahead and your various life experiences and your relationships, even your heartbreaks and your mistakes and your pain, they work together for the future. Now, eight years ago, 
I was calculating this the other day. It's like, wow, it has literally been eight years. Eight years ago, I pulled kind of like a Josh Austin issue. You know, he, he was up here talking about his, his cut-up leg and, and all of that, and, and, and I was making fun of him and all that. But, but still, it was, I did something similar to that eight years ago. Eight years ago, I was, I was coming to a men's discipleship meeting that I had in this building. It was dark out. It was November or October, November. It was dark early in the morning, pre, uh, pre-dawn. The lights in the front of the building weren't working, and so it was just like totally dark, totally dark. The brightest light was actually coming from Burnett Plaza a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of blocks away, and uh, and I was I jumped down the little ste- the little uh, parking lot onto the sidewalk there, and I was just kind of walking briskly along, and then my foot hit something that was a little bit soft, and I tripped, and I realized at that moment everything went into slow motion. I realized that I had stepped on and was now tripping over a person who was sleeping in front of our building, covered up in a black blanket, and I did not see them right up against our building. And, and I, 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 I tried to recover from it, but I came straight down on this knee. And the moment that knee hit the sidewalk, I heard this crack. And I thought, it, it sounded loud. Now, again, I wish I had a cool story about it, like it was a sports injury, Josh. But nope, nope, I tripped over a homeless man. And so that was my, that was my story. But, but I, I tripped and I slid across the, uh, the, the, the sidewalk and I, was, I just got scratched up and bloody all over the place. And, and at that moment, the, you know, the guy wakes up and he's wanting to fight me. And, and I, I start praying real quick. I'm like, okay, first of all, I think I have a broken bone. I don't know, but I heard a crack and this guy wants to fight me. And so, uh, God, give me wisdom. And I, I somehow talked the guy out of fighting me and, and, uh, and he, he left the, the campus. But, but, uh, you know, that whole thing hurt. There was physical pain involved in it. Um, there was the cast. There was the atrophy. And I never really understood atrophy until, until one day when I was we- wearing this cast and I, I was just, I was standing. It was after a, about a, m- a little over a month of me having it on there and I, I punched my leg and my finger sunk in. I realized the muscle in my leg had like disappeared. And that's, that's like, okay, so that's atrophy. All of you medical people are like, duh, Pastor Tim, you should have known that. Well, I, I was like, that's what it is. And it kind of freaked me out. And I, that this is, this is not going to be fun. And then having to wear a brace and the crutches, I did occasional spills. I remember one time my family wanted to go to a movie. And so I was on my crutches. And as soon as they get to the, the, the floor in the movie theater, obviously it's, it's all oily, I guess, from people spilling popcorn grease or something like that. And, and I just went straight down, bam. And everybody came running over to me. I was humiliated. It's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, that's how we always do, especially guys, you know, I'm fine. I didn't, that didn't hurt. But, you know, I, I, had to, I had to build in for months. I had to build in an extra hour on Sunday, really every morning to get up and to get myself ready to, to go to the office. On Sunday mornings, I typically, I, I typically get up pretty early and I had to get up still another hour earlier just to get myself dressed. Or Rebecca would help me get dressed. And, and, uh, and getting up here to preach on Sundays, sometimes I would sit at a table and preach. And other times I would, I, when I got a little bit better, I would preach with my crutches. And then I had to move from my crutches to, to a little cane and 
I felt like some little old man. I, 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 but I just I had to have my cane. I had to, needed help to get along. And I had this handicapped parking permit that I was, I was eligible for. And I definitely used it and kept it on my car so I could be close to wherever I went. And then I, in the middle of all this, I was over at City Hall for a meeting. And the mayor walks in the room and she said, Tim, I'd like for you to do something. Would you, would you give the invocation? That's the opening prayer for my state of the city address here in a couple of weeks. And I said, well, of course I will. And then, but then I wasn't even really thinking about this because I got there and looked at the elevated platform. And then, and, and it's a huge, you know, it fills up the convention center. It's a, a convention center ballroom, which can be very, very large. And and I had to climb up all those steps onto that, onto that platform using my cane. And, and, at that, and I can't get up there quickly. So when they introduce me, there's dead silence. And then here's this guy kind of walking up there. It's like, the mayor, the mayor actually said something to me. She goes, man, that was funny. I picked a crippled guy to come up here and do this. And then she said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. It's like, no, it's, it's true. It's true. I, I, that, that's, that's me. And you know, a few thousand business leaders are there, and I'm, I'm hobbling up on the play, uh, stage, and I pray, God, just get me through this. But now, I'm, actually, I'm better for it. I really am. Did I like the pain? Did I like all that? No, but I am better for it. I'm better because of the adversity I went through. What it did for me is it has given me so much. It's made me a better pastor. It's given me so much more empathy and compassion for people with injuries. I'm a better person today because of what happened right outside those windows eight years ago. You know, in the Bible, there's a guy by the name of Paul. Paul was, was a man with these intense what-if dreams. He knew adversity. He knew about problems and victories and sacrifice, personal struggles and trials. He knew about haters and so much more. I tell you, Paul knew about pain. Now, now look in Romans chapter 8, just a few verses down, a few verses up actually in verse number 28, and take a look at what Paul wrote. Paul said this, and we know that God causes all things, say all, that's the key word. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, as I was studying the scripture, I usually like to go back to the original language and break things down. And when I got to that word all, it's like, let's see what all means. Oh, this is great. And I looked it up. You're not going to believe this. All in the original language, Greek, which this is written in, all means all. All. I mean, this is like an amazing discovery. It was crystal clear. God will get you through all things, all things, the things that are inconvenient, the things that are hurtful, the things that are difficult, the things that are upsetting, the things that are confusing, the things that are unexpected or painful, the things that are sorrowful or uncertain, the things that are frightening, the things that are shameful. God works through all of those things to bring about your what if dreams. Now that is an amazing promise from God. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Get up, rise up, shine like I shared with you at the beginning of the service. Put one foot in front of the other. Put that ambitious smile on your face because God causes all things to work together for good because you love him and you're called by him. Now, now let's go back to Romans 8, 28 again. Let's look at, it, look at this one more time. Leave it up there. And we know, come on, we know that God causes all 
all things to work together for those who love God. I want you to get this. To those who are called according to his purpose. I mean, don't you love that scripture? I love it. It, it means that God's what-if dreams that is placed in your heart are not canceled out because of the pain that you're going through. They're not canceled out because of the bad stuff that's happened in your life. It assures me that no matter what has occurred, there is a future ahead. Now, if you look down at verse 31 of Romans chapter number eight here in a second, you're going to see this. Again, remember, again, remember that, that Paul had this what-if dream from God, and he's the one who wrote this. Uh, he, and that what-if dream from God was like, what if I could take this gospel into the entire Roman Empire? So he's writing this letter to a church that he actually planted in the capital city of the world at that time, which was Rome. And, uh, and so Paul goes on to encourage the believers there, and he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? So basically, this is a reminder that God ultimately wins and we win with him always because you're a child of God, it somehow will work out. If you view your future through maybe regret, uh, past disappointments, hurt, pain, what happens then is you begin to lose sight of the goodness of God even in the middle of it. Your faith for your what if dreams, they, they will begin to dissolve. Now, I'll tell you, all you have to do is live long enough and you'll realize life can be painful. Now, let's just say life is painful. There, there is pain in life. Christianity does not say, nothing in our faith says there is no pain in life once you, once you receive Christ. No, there is. We live in a fallen world. But no matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on around you, you have to believe that the, you have to believe the best that God is working for you regarding that what-if dream. And what started off as, a, as an idea or a thought or a revelation, if it's from God, there's nothing that can stop it unless you stop it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's the big line right there. So what I want you to do is embrace that what-if dream in spite of how you feel, in spite of your pain. Remember from a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> We talked about in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says that you are in Christ Jesus. Think about that. You're in Christ Jesus. So when you're in Jesus, you find meaning in your everyday moments. If you're in Jesus, you're going to find hope in your heart. If you're in Jesus, you're going to find joy in the small things. If you're in Jesus, you're going to find peace in the middle of your storms. If you're in Jesus, you're going to find new life with expectation of a glorious future. Because you're in Jesus, every single thing that occurs in your life works for your good. If you love him and you live according to his purpose, for if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for me, who can be against me? Yeah, that's a scripture you can personalize. See, God wastes nothing in our lives. And, and he somehow weaves it all together for our glorious future. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've had a kind of rough week. 
but I chose every single morning this week, get out of a ditch of despair. You're not going to be there. And I'm going to join with God. Even in the midst of the challenges, I'm going to take ownership and I'm going to take possession of the glorious future that God has for me, that God has for my family, that God has for my church, and that God has for my city. See, God's will for you is good. Your future was planned from the foundation of the earth. So are you in pain? Is your heart broken or crushed? Well, Jesus can make it whole again. Is your marriage falling apart? Is your family fragmenting possibly in different direction? Well, Jesus can bring restoration. And the good news is God is already at work in your life. And he's always revealing yet another what if dream into your heart and into your mind for your future. So you got to take those steps forward. And hear me well, there is nothing, nothing that God can't fix. All things that become new, like the scripture I shared earlier. So when things are going well, which is some of the time, <laughs> when things are going well, what do you do? Well, you give God the glory and your what-if dreams, they're still possible. If things are going terribly, which happens a lot of the time, God still gets the glory. We give him glory because those what-if dreams are still possible in spite of things going terribly. It's, it's, it's amazing that how God actually gets the glory in the worst of circumstances. But if you trust him and if you put him first in every area of his life, that's the truth. Now, now, keep in mind, Paul, who wrote this, he was one of the greatest mission, I would say the greatest missionary ever, greatest church planter ever. I mean, he took the gospel into, into lands that had never heard of him. The, the world did not know the gospel. And he went right to the heart of it. He went right to Rome. But he wrote this in, uh, in the book of Philippians, which, is, which was a Greek city of the Philippi, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. He wrote this to the believers there at the church he planted in that city. And, and I like, I, I actually know what I like, I love what he says here because this helps me and I want it to help you. Here's what he says. He says, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with little. Any of you ever been there? <laughs> yeah. And I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance I have learned the secret. There is a secret here. I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So what is the secret that he learned? What is it? Well, there's a secret embedded in there. He didn't give up. He kept that what-if dream going in his heart and in his life. He kept that going to get this gospel into all the Roman Empire after all the many, many, many setbacks that he had. But what is the secret? Well, Paul said it in that one verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We just read it. Let's take a look at it. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe that to be one of the most powerful and practical verses in the scripture. And there are, there are several ways you can read this. I 
can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do, that means take action, that's a verb. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's through him. You get it? It's through him because we're in him. I can do all things through him, Jesus, through God who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Who? It's God. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yeah, you, but me. Me. I, I like it because Paul could have said, You can do all things through him who strengthens you. But no, he made it personal. He's writing to them his personal secret, the secret that he had discovered. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's one of the first scriptures I remember that we taught our children growing up, our boys, that you can't, like, because we, we, we outlawed the words, I can't. And, and I encourage you to delete those words, I can't. Because every time one of our kids would say, growing up, one of our boys said, I can't. We would say, wait, what does the Bible say? And they're like, <laughs> you, know how, you know how, kids, uh, I can do, come on, say it all, all things through him. Okay, see? And they'll still to this day. If I, say, if I hear them, they're, they're, they're grown adults. They say I can't. Oh, they don't say I can't. They, they can still quote that scripture, though. What is, what's this about? It's about remaining reliant upon God. And what do we do? We continue to praise him regardless of our pain. We keep giving glory to God. If you really believe God's word, if you really believe in God, this God-ordained what-if dream, then you can do all things through Christ. And if God is for you, nobody and nothing can be against you. And he will get the glory and you get to live it out. See, God is always at work planting these what-if dreams in our hearts and minds and having this faith perspective on life, which is following through with that first phase, following through with the second phase of the what-if dream, uh, it, this is not about like downplaying the difficulties in life. I, I don't believe they're like, well, just ignore it because it's, it's, it's not reality. No, it is, it is reality. Paul talks about that quite often. But it's, a, it's about being certain that God is bringing life both today and in the future. When I consider one of the big what-if dreams for my life, which is city life story, I mean, the city life story has been the same. We've seen seasons of victory. We've seen seasons of pain and seasons of fragility, like, oh, no, how are we going to make it till next week? And seasons of growth. And and it's, it's all been about this. If God is for us, who can be against us? So we, we as a church, we have never let go of our what-if dreams because God has put them into our heart and you should not let go of your what-if dreams. Your difficult past, your current pain, it is no match for the power and the presence of Almighty God. It's no match for that holy calling that's on your life to do great exploits for him on your cultural streets, to, to make a difference in the city, to make a difference in the culture. I think about it this way. Your, your life is like a work of art. And there might be times when you're looking at it saying, I don't see how any of this is coming together. You look at an artist when they begin working, you, you see that. Um, 
And you know, there are works of art all around us here downtown. Yeah, sure, there are art galleries, but there are works of art when you just walk out the door. You look at some of the massive structures that are here and just a few blocks surrounding us. And uh, those are works of art. And I, I tell you, I've had the privilege, I, I walk the streets here all the time, and I've had the privilege of watching some of these high rises go up in this neighborhood. But I'll tell you this much. They never, ever look like a work of art when they're being put together. Never. What happens is they dig these massive holes in the ground. This is not like getting a shovel and digging a hole. No, I'm talking about they'll go down three stories or so digging this huge hole in the ground. They have to put fences up around it so people don't fall into these big, massive holes. And uh, then they pour this ugly foundation and this rugged steel and putrid concrete that's put into place. And, and, and really, for me, because I see it every day, it is downright aggravating and it is agonizing to watch the slow, tedious, unsightly, dusty, yuck process of it all. And I'm watching this and I don't even understand what they're doing. A lot of times they're just standing out there looking at the mess. But all that started because a what if dream was put onto blueprints. And then the second phase, the what if dream was put together with concrete and steel. And in the end, I tell you, it's, it's a work of art. It really is. There are times where sometimes we just don't even know what God's doing. Uh, sometimes we look at ourselves and look at what's happening around us and think, man, this is just really, really ugly. And it appears to be a bunch of random nonsense. But don't give up on that God-ordained what-if dream. God is working a masterpiece in you, and actually you are the masterpiece. He's creating beauty out of your mess. He's bringing order to the purpose of the disjointed and what appears to be confused. Jesus is creating something more wonderful in you and through you than you can ever imagine. What you thought was ugly is actually positioned right. How do I know that? Because Romans 8.28 says this, God causes all, all, all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You are a masterpiece in process. This what if dream that you have is a miracle that's in progress. And I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. And if you're, if you're hurting right now, for, for any reason, you feel maybe that your what-if dream has turned into a night terror, a nightmare, I want to pray for you. I want nobody looking around right now. I want us to lock yourself in with God. But man, if that's, if that's what you're going through right now, I want to pray for you just by you lifting your hands. So w- would, you, would you lift your hand for me? Say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. I, I'm go- I, I need some prayer. I'm going through some stuff, and I, I need to see victory. Just lift it up for me. I'm, I'm looking out there. I want to connect my faith with you. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Thanks for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many of you put your hands up. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, put your hands down. Anyone else? Receive this prayer. Lord, I pray for people in this room who are going through pain right now. 
Nobody likes pain. But we know that you work through it. I pray for there to be a release of the soothing presence of God upon each and every individual today who's walking through pain and, and that you'll restore that what-if dream, restore that vision, and give the courage to keep moving forward and to not give up. walk into that glorious future that you have, that you have for every single one of us. God, let us be people who dream big what-if dreams. Let us be people who put feet to our faith and take action on those God-ordained dreams and move forward and surge forward. Whatever that dream is, whether it's a, a home, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business, whether it's a physical situation, whether it's a ministry, whatever it is, God, may it come to pass as we lock arms with you. Church, receive this. I want to proclaim and declare this over you. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Be full of the Holy Spirit. Do and keep doing the works of Christ. Believe, believe with all of your heart in the cause for Jesus in this world. Believe that you can make a difference on your cultural street. Reclaim that sweet spot. Come on, serve and be glad that you're serving. Watch God work miracles in you. Watch God work miracles through you and believe for revelation for the next steps that you need to be taking for for that big what-if dream. And God, I also thank you that the biggest what-if dream that all of us have is something that will come to pass. And it comes so simple, and it's by faith. It's the what-if dream of eternity with you, Jesus. It's eternity with you. We thank you, God, that we don't have to work at it. There's only one phase for the what-if dream for eternity with you, and that's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, confessing our sins, and choosing to be a disciple of yours. I thank you, God, that you made that so simple. That's the ultimate what-if dream. Because the things of this world will disappear. They will crumble. They will go away. But eternity with you is beautiful. It's peaceful. And it's forever. In fact, again, just with no one looking around, if, if you're here this morning and you're not sure about that dream of eternity with Jesus, you're not sure about your relationship with God, you're not sure that if you should lose your life today or should Jesus return today that you would actually go into eternity with him. I want you to be sure before you leave this room. The way to do that is to lift your hand when I give you the cue and, and I'll see your hand. I want to connect my faith with you and we're, we're going to pray for the spirit of God to enter your life and for your sins to be forgiven. So that's you today and you need to give your life to Christ. Would you just acknowledge that by lifting your hand at the count of three so I can see it. One, two, three. Lift it up. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put your hands down. Thank you so much for your honesty. 
Will you pray these words with me if you lifted your hand? I want you to mean them from the bottom of your heart. Just, just pray these words out. Church, will you pray these words with us as an encouragement to those who are giving their lives to Christ in this room? Dear Jesus, I need you as my Savior. I want to live with you forever. So will you forgive my sin? Will you wash me in your precious blood? Will you make me a new creation? Today I make the choice to give up my old life and to embrace the new life that you have for me. Let the blessing of God rest upon my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.